0: I do want to talk about TCU's defense, but I think that your offensive line, all the changes there are definitely
1: the biggest thing to jump out. Can, can you just talk about the mindset and the, and the thought process and why you jumbled it the way you did? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. First of all, the, the last thing that I ever want to do is throw coaches or players under the bus. Okay, let's start there. So obviously as the head coach, what you have to do then, if, you, if you're not looking for sacrificial lambs other than yourself, Okay. What you better do is sit down and say, "Okay, what can we do to, in an attempt to make this better?" Well, there's two things you could do. One is schematically, you know, uh, do things, you know, do less things, you know, do less things more. That's one thing, which we'll do that. And the other thing is you could move some people around to see if you can't, by personnel, fix problems. You know, we went through the whole spring with Lewandowski playing a left tackle and Aslam playing a right tackle. We moved Lewandowski into center. That didn't turn out very well, despite the fact that that was what our goal was. And when we moved Lewandowski, who we felt was our best left tackle, when we moved him from left tackle to center, we put Aslam over at left tackle because we thought he would be the best left tackle with Lewandowski uh, playing center. Well now that Lewandowski has been moved back out to left tackle we moved Aslan back over to right tackle because that's where our comfort zone. The guys that are actually playing halfway halfway decent in the offensive line have been smith Bergen, and, and Nalu. You know they've been the two constant people. Now they've been far from perfect now mind you, but they've been the two most constant guys we have. You know, we've tried you know Lewandowski at center that didn't work out. Dillon, we we tried at center, that didn't work out. Smithberg in the spring, we tried at center, that didn't work out. You know, Gavin's the one guy here, who's been here, who's played center, guard, and tackle, and who's got some girth to him. You know, he's got he's a three, you know a 300 pounder, that uh, we felt would be the best as we maneuvered these guys and moved them around, gave us the best opportunity to try to do something new. I mean, one you could do it by scheme, and the other one. You do it by personnel changes, so we're trying to do both.
0: How much is that to ask of these guys? Obviously Haslam played there all last year, Pat played there where he is now all spring. I mean is it is it gonna be pretty seamless as far as no, I, he don't think, I don't I don't
1: think for those two guys, you know, I don't think for those two guys it's it's gonna be much of a much of a of a change for those two guys. I think Probably the biggest thing is can Gavin hold up at center because that's the the position that we've kind of been held hostage a little bit by, you know. And like I said, that I think it's important as the head coach, you know, you sit there, you don't want to isolate one player, one position, you know, for you know, for let's let's put all our blame and venom in that in that area, but it's an area that we you know we obviously have to get better because it hasn't been good enough.
0: Outside of Saturday's game, what has Andrew Trusilli done to move up the depth chart and get the starting spot? Well, it wasn't
1: Saturday's game that's moved him up. He's moved up uh, about the last three weeks. See, Andrew was a, was a little bit of a disappointment in the springtime because athletically, you know, athletically, he's probably our fastest wide receiver or, or one of our one of our two fastest wide receivers with some size, some athleticism, some, you know, you know, some polish some ball skills just wasn't playing very good didn't play good in the spring didn't play good didn't play good in, in, in training camp so there's two things that you know you really look for once you get to that point what what happens to a guy when they move down the depth chart they only can do one or two they only do one or two things now they either they either pack it in and accept the fact that they're down there and just accept that you know that's where they're going to be or they try to fight back. And he, out of just about, out of all the players on our team, one of the guys who stood out the most that's slowly taken steps by steps to work his way back into the mix, you know, he he was a, you know, a t- front-line receiver going in and starting out, and he's kind of put himself back into, back into that situation. What was the disappointment
0: with him from? I mean, just performance or? or- yeah, it, it
1: was all, it's all related to I wouldn't say necessarily effort, just you know, just not showing up. I mean, being there but not being there. I mean, when you go through practice after practice and, and practice is over, you never even notice who's out there. That's usually not a good thing.
0: You mentioned the, uh, the changes on the offensive line. and Coming into this year, you've been really leaning on the running game. Is it, has that been one of the more frustrating things that you haven't been able to, to maybe count on that like you thought you would?
1: I think that I think that so far our play in the run game in general has been has been to me a big disappointment. You know, like I don't want to just just I just don't want to just single out just the offensive line because there's a lot of elements involved with with that right there, but it's been a, been a frustration because it should be a foundation of who we are. So the answer to your question is is without a doubt yes.
0: How have you seen James um, kind of react to a new line and maybe not having the, the space to run that he had last year? Well, J-
1: James is a very – the best part about James is, you know, he wasn't picked a captain just because he's, he's our one of our best players. You know, he, he's really bought into this, you know, whatever we got to do, you know, whatever we got to do. A mentality like this past week when we start the game and empty and it's Brandon and Tony out there, not him. You know, he knows that in the past game, Brandon and Tony are more polished at that than, than he is. But, uh, you know, we're only four uh, – I have to give – not to be sarcastic to to you, Rustin, but at Newsflash, we've only played four games. I mean, we're two and two after four games right here, and it hasn't been a pretty two and two. But we are two and two after four games with eight games to go, so I think James is going to have plenty of opportunity to grow along along with this group and see if we can't get this thing improved. And and if we don't, you know, it's it's not going to be pretty around here. You know, we have to we have to start getting some things fixed, and that's one of them.
0: Obviously in a, in a perfect world or ideal scenario or whatever, you would have one death chart that you start with and it would stay that way all year and everybody would perform great. That's but, true. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <You laughs> is that a statement
1: or a question? <laughs> well, I was there.
0: You, haven't, you haven't had that, obviously. Is, is there ever a danger or, or you know, a concern with changing it so often and so frequently? Obviously you have to do that at some point, but the,
1: the, concern, the concern is, is that, if, you, if you're not willing to do that. It's a bigger concern if you're if you're not if you're not willing to to do things to try to fix them I mean unlike you guys when you go to bed at night, I'm sitting there in the office trying to figure out you know how am I going to fix these problems and like we said, there's only a couple of mannerisms to fix them one is by scheme and one is by personnel i mean and really you know that's what you have, so that's you know I think that we have an obligation as coaches, especially me. To give every effort we can, to give explore every alt, alternative we can, to try to to make things better.
0: Have you ever had to make this
1: many personnel changes or depth chart changes in your career? Or- no, not not to this extent. You know, this is this is this is a, a large volume of changes. But you know, really, we only have so many alternatives now. We're kind of running out of alternatives. You know, you just you get to the point where you you, you can. You know, you throw – what do you want – we're at the point now we're not going to just start throwing names in the hat and pick out five and that's where we go. You know, we have to start settling down into what we're going to be. And I think this this week we'll get one more opportunity to see where we are. Look at – you know, we're going against a really good defense this week. This isn't just, just an average defense now. This team is salty on defense. This is where they hang their hat on. You know, they hang their hat on their defensive play. And, you know, you know the team on deck – you know, it's more of the same. So, I mean, we're going to have to get better, or else it's you know, it's going to get worse, not better.
0: Getting back to the running game, um, how much does Michael Cummings play into that as far as the packages used him in last week?
1: Well, we we tried to you know get Michael more involved last week, um, on, because when the cornerback has is a run threat it forces the defense to do things differently than when the quarterback is in a run th- threat, a la Jake. Um, the problem with that is you also become so one-dimensional. You know, one-dimensional now. People have six games of evidence of you know, with what we did with Michael at quarterback last year that they can grow on. You know, when you get back in there, you fall into that same, well, you're going to be able to complete any passes again. And I think that you you get into that same bind you know, can you, you want, want have your cake and eat it, too? You know, you just, you know, you fall into, fall into the, they just load up everybody up front and say, look, at, they're not going to throw it. And that's the bind you get in.
0: Coach, with, when it comes to playing center, I know your, your offensive line coach is a guy that has a lot of experience at that position. What?
1: was no eligibility left. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately right. <laughs> But, no, fortunately, right <laughs>
0: <have them>. now. <laughs> yeah. um, what's for, for guys that are doing this for the first time in live action? What's the hardest part? Is it, is it identifying what they've got to do beforehand? Is it snapping and then getting ready? What's the hardest part about that? Without thing? a doubt,
1: it's snapping the ball and having a guy hit you in the mouth as soon as you snap the ball. It's not the identification. That's you know, we have smart guys there. You know, Pat Lewandowski is an intelligent young man. Dylan Admire's an intelligent young man, Gavin Howard's an intelligent young man. You know, these are all 4-0 type of students. So intelligence is not the issue. The issue is when you snap the ball and as soon as you snap the ball, you know, you, you got a guy three hundred plus pounds on the other side of you ready to hit you in the mouth. That's that's the issue. You know, no other position do you have to do that. There's only one, center. You know, guards don't do that. The ball snap, they hit the guy across from them. their hand, their weight's down. Well, you know, their weight's down, they're ready to go. Tackle doesn't have to do it either. There's only one possession that has to do it Net that center. Was that leading, do you
0: think, to some of the bad snaps through the course of the game? Oh, I do. You
1: know, I mean, some of those, I mean, they looked like me snapping. And I was never any good, in case you're wondering. You know, so uh, I, I think that the, the fear, not the fear, the thought that you're, you're worrying more about the blocking assignment than taking care of the first part of the job, you know the most important job part of the job is the quarterback center exchange. That's the most, that's the most important part. And obviously, you know there were a number. There's been a number of errors in, the, in that in that quarterback center exchange.
0: I know you talked a lot about showing your team two two tapes this week: the first quarter and then putting it up. When you're watching that first film. Um, the line held up i mean what do you see from that and and, and why is it so hard to, to have that
1: maintain consistency there's the catch there's the there's the problem i have you know you know i'm no different than your the average you know KU football fan you know the different i'm obviously more analytical and i know what everyone's doing and what they're supposed to be doing and what my expectations are of what they are supposed to be doing so when I sat there and watched it, if we had gotten our clocks clean from the opening kickoff to the end of the game, as much I, I couldn't. – first of all, I couldn't be any more miserable. So I can say I'd be more miserable, but at least I'd have a better understanding. Like, we just got whooped. My biggest problem, my biggest problem, we were running the same things now. It wasn't like all of a sudden we changed everything we are doing okay you know how can you play and the first quarter was not error free now we had a couple false starts you know that we had you know we had, we had a couple things go wrong but it's 10 nothing and you know you're playing pretty you know pretty complimentary football on both sides of the ball with a plus one turnover ratio now you end up minus three so you end up turning over four times you had 12 penalties you know your field position was horrendous you know the defense is playing on their end of the field most of the game as a matter of fact, the majority of the points, is the ball started from the 50 on in. So, I mean, obviously, what you have to do is, regardless, you got to get them to play on a longer field. So, you don't have, that's the first issue you have to deal with. So, you're not, you know, letting the opponents start with a short field all the time.
0: The 54 points in the 400 yards passing tag, it. are you? Concern the defense isn't as far along as you had hoped or, or is it more of a testament to taxability in the short fields that you mentioned? That, my
1: biggest problem with the defense in the game was third down conversions. Okay, but you know, when when a team running a hundred plays, you know, there's definite an element of fatigue when a team runs a hundred plays. And part of that responsibility falls on the offense. You know, the offense can't hang the defense out to dry like that. You know, that's that's part of that. So, you know, some of that you can attribute to performance, but you know, we don't, you know, we don't give up very many very many big plays in the passing game. You now, we've been pretty good all year long on, you know, and and that element right there. So, I think that, you know, when you're out there and then all of a sudden you're out there again and you're out there again. We had three 3 and outs in a row in the second quarter when things started to go bad. I mean, all of a sudden you're out there for three plays, boom, you're out. Three plays, boom, you're out. Three plays, boom, you're out. I mean now that means the defense is back out there and I think they're just out there way too much. They're just on the field way too much.
0: How much of what happened on Saturday do you think is an isolated incident opposed to
1: something you have to worry about long term for the rest of the year? Well, if if you didn't have the first quarter, you'd be concerned with that, wouldn't you? you know, but you did it the first quarter is part of that game. So I mean there was part of that game where you sat there and said, Look at that first quarter you don't get any triumphs for winning the first quarter now all I'm saying because the first quarter is on evidence on tape you say okay you can play you can play here's a top 20 team i mean you got you're you're whooping them pretty good it's 10 nothing then you know all hell breaks loose okay so i'll go back to my point from before i would be even my uh, as as upset as i am with how the game went okay i i would i would I'd be scrambling even a lot more if the fact that we didn't have a quarter where we started off the game, looking like a team that was going to win the game. You know, if, if you were getting whooped right from the, right from the start of the game, it would be even a greater concern. Have you noticed your team buying into that when you told them that or have you seen eye rolling? I think this Sunday, first of all, they don't eye roll because I don't allow it. You don't know me very well because they'd be out of the room in about five seconds. It wouldn't be five seconds. Okay, because when I'm talking, they're listening, or else they're not there. Okay, so that, that I have zero tolerance, and having a son that's 20 years old and being able to read nonverbal communication of college kids, I don't get, I don't get fooled too often on that one. So, well, it gets past the eye roll part of the uh, part of the question. I think that when they saw, when they saw the coaching point after a loss, you always start with something positive. You don't start with the negative first. They're already beaten down. They already feel terrible. I mean, they're, I don't have to come and beat them down anymore. I mean, they've been, they got beaten down in the game. Then they go with their family and friends to go have dinner afterwards, and they get beaten down all night. Then you go to bed, and you, go to bed, and you turn on the TV, and you get beaten down air, and you wake up in the morning. And if you're stupid enough to pick up a paper, which might be the absolute worst thing you could do, or go online, you're going to get beaten up again. I can I can proudly say the only media that I've seen since the game is my my Google Mail. That's that's what I have seen. I mean I've not seen or heard anything. Nor do I really do, nor do I really care because you know I don't need I don't need to read anything to know what's being said. I'm not that dumb. I mean and that's the, that's the way it goes. It's part of the part of the what we do. But when they got in there Sunday and they saw all those good things, I stopped. Now I didn't show them anything bad yet. Now we stopped, and I st- st- right here, I said, okay, now tell me, who wins that game? You guys all watch that, who wins that game? Now, I said, that's the good news. Now, and we sat down, and we started with the bad news. And the bad news, were, let me tell you something, I, that was one of the worst low-light tapes, well, matter of perspective. It could be one of the best low-light tapes, okay, that I've, that I've ever made, because there was plenty on there. There was offense, there was defense, there was special teams, there was everything. Okay, and I'm saying, now that's the same team? But tell me, fellas, what do you want me to do? I said, I'll stand up in front of the media every time we lose and sit there and, and accept the accountability because I'm the head coach. Twelve penalties in a game? I'd say the head coach has got to be responsible for that. I have twelve penalties in the game. It's a lack of discipline. No problem. I'll take it. I said, now we get behind closed doors? Now let me tell you what I really think here, fellas. And I, what I say to you and what I say to them are not one and the same, just so you know. They're two different conversations. I'll tell you I'll gladly sit there and take the accountability. Then I'll go to the offensive line who had five line of scrimmage penalties at home I say, how does that happen? You know the snap count. They don't. How, how do you jump off sides five times? I don't, I don't understand. You want to explain that one to me? I said, but that's okay. I'll go to the media and sit there and tell you that's my fault. <laughs> that's great. I said, but that's your your responsibility. You know the snap count. They don't. You're playing at home. There's no noise. I mean, I don't understand it. So that's where we are. That was a roundabout way of trying to say nothing. I think I did that pretty well.
0: (laughs) Do do you get, I mean, how much do you ask for feedback from whether it's your captains or your leadership committee or or just individual players? I mean, how much do you ask?
1: Then what, what's going on? Here? Before Sunday, I don't talk to anybody. You know, before Sunday, I think my job is I, I, I really don't say anything to anyone until after I've come in and watched everything by myself. That's why I come in so early. I want to watch everything before anyone gets here. There's no sign of life when I walk in here, Matt. You know, I've, I sit there and I take my time and I go through everything, and now when they start trickling in, now I have, you know, things to talk about. And the same thing with the players. You know, they're not in any big hurry to get here after a game like that now. you know, If the training room opens at 12 o'clock at 11.59, be careful walking in the door because you know, that's pretty much the time they're going to end up getting here. But I think that where I ask them for input is after I'm done, you know, not, not before I'm done because I need, hey, look, it. the first thing you have to do is get the coaches out of the tank. Not that you guys ever think about that, but you do. You know, that's, that's part of what you do. Don't feel sorry for yourselves. This isn't a pity party here, and don't pity me. I mean, you know, here's here's the situation. Here's what we got to do. I said, neither either. There's only one way we're doing it, and this is this is the answer. Oh, it's not not like I'm taking opinions at that point. I'm giving directive at that point, and I think that that's what you're supposed to do. And then after you've had this, and they've gone through, and everyone now feels a little bit better that they've gone through it. That's when you ask for. That's when you ask the players and the players and the coaches for, uh, you know, what they have to say. Which I've done in the last twenty-four hours or so. How
0: does not having Tony Pearson affect the offensive scheme-wise and uh, going
1: forward? But it, it hurts. It, it hurts because Tony really has gotten better each week, and he's actually starting to play really, really well. Uh, but. Uh, at the same time, you know, Brandon, you know, has, has played really good for us despite the fact that we didn't move him to linebacker. You know, he has, you know, he's, he's played, he played really good, really well for us. And we think that, you know, he'll have an added role now with Tony not there. It'll, the more the burden will fall on Brandon that's fallen, that, than has happened before. Fortunately, we have a player that we think is pretty good you know, as the guy who plays behind him. He's a different player, but we have a player who's pretty good. But, you know, Tony will be back. I don't know when he'll be back, but he will be back. You know, fortunately, an MRI came back negative, and, you know, he's, he's he's got a headache and sore neck and, you know, walking around like an old man. But uh, other than that, there's nothing wrong with him, which, which is a good thing. What
0: is the staff, and that's coaching technique-wise and also training-wise to help prevent uh, and prepare
1: players for concussions things like that. Well, I think the well, besides teaching, the, you know, his his concussion happened when he his head didn't even hit the ground. Just so you know, head didn't even touch the ground. So you know, you know, don't think that it's all helmet to helmet. Sometimes it's the shock of, of playing the game. You know, basically he his his shoulder bounced off the track. That's basically what happened. You know, when he he get and he didn't even get tackled he got pushed out of bounds he didn't even get tackled he got knocked out of bounds and when he went down he went down hard as a matter of fact i thought he was just dead tired from having just run 200 yards all right so there was no helmet to helmet there was no contact with his with his head at all this is one he actually hit his shoulder didn't even hit his head so you know although you teach the proper form of tackling you know to try to you know to try to prevent prevent you know prevent concussions and you teach ball carriers not to leave with their face when they have the ball to prevent concussions really one of the most important things is how do you handle them once you have them and i know that our staff our trainer and our doctors will definitely err on the side of caution when it comes to you know making sure that that player is healthy before that healthy that player comes anywhere near the field
0: what does that precautionary path look like
1: well, besides cognitive tests, you know, which, you know, he probably would already pass the cognitive test, you also have to really look and, you know, see visually. You know, usually the, the biggest thing for hurdle for people to clear is a, there's a c- cognitive test that these guys take, and you'd be surprised, you know, how many of them fail it multiple times before they can you know, be cleared and ready to go. But even if he were to pass the cognitive test, looking at him right now, it would be it would be some time before we'd put him out there. Yeah, no, we're going to – better safe than sorry. How does Bourbon's role for usage at the F position compare to how you use Tony? Because like you said, they aren't the same type of player. Yeah, right? but it would, the role would be pretty similar. You know, you know, even though they're not the same type of player, you remember now Brandon, he's not a 4-3 guy, but he's a 4-5 guy. You know, just because he's 220, people don't realize he's one of the faster guys we have – one of the faster guys we have, especially for his size, he has good ball skills, and we can play him in the backfield and we can play him out of the backfield. And you know, he's he's been—I wouldn't call him a pleasant <coughs> surprise. We're just really pleased at his at his development. Really pleased. You
0: said what impressed you about TCU is they just line up and play. I mean, mm-hmm. They don't try to trick you or anything like that. Is that the way it was last year when you guys faced them? And, and can you? Can you learn much from at least having
1: seen what they do? Well, the, one thing with this scheme, you know, that they have is they play the safety so close to the line of scrimmage, you know, that you do have opportunities to go over the top. Now, everyone tries to go over the top. You know, everyone tries. I mean, you go back to our game last year, you're going to see about five or six times where you get guys running wide open. You know, but it still comes down to execution, you know, being able to, when you call for those home runs, to go ahead and hit them. You know, we had a couple, and we had you know one in a game the other day. You know, we had you know you had a guy you know pretty well open down down the field. Another time we had him open, he couldn't get to him. But uh, um, I think that they give you some opportunities, but you have to be patient. I mean, you have to make sure that you know you are not sitting there and going bombs away against this team, or else you'll be in for a, you'll be a long you'll be in for a long night.
0: Can that help? I mean, you, you mentioned that.
1: The tackles aren't an issue
0: for you. Uh, with Gavin in there, I mean, can, can that help your offensive line that they're less tricky, less disguised than, than some defenses
1: are? Good news, you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, the good news is that mental errors should be hardly any, and we had a bunch in this past game. That's the good news. The bad news is they're good. I mean, so, you know, we shall, we'll know what to do against them. Now it's a question of how well we do it against them. That's the good news and the bad news.
0: One of the trademarks of Patterson's <clears throat> teams has always been kind of their physicality. Is this is a good,
1: you know, matchup to, the <clears throat> to measure what you want to see
0: this these guys. It's interesting mm-hmm.
1: because what they've tried to, you know, and the, now they're trying to play offense like that too. You know they're trying to play into that whole thing you know very seldom do I sit there and talk about an offense the two things I said is they play physical and they play hard you know they're trying to be balanced play physical and play hard who does that sound like you know who, who do you know that's been you know that that kind of believes in that believe well that's that's a good answer you know okay but that you know so they kind of you know, I kind of th- think along with them. Look, at I think our defense has been playing pretty physical. Do I think that they got exposed for, for, for some big ones in, the, in this game? Yeah. Do I think that they got beat a little bit in the passing game the week before? Yeah, but the bottom line is I think they've been playing pretty physical at a pretty high level. Okay, I think that, you know, obviously in, in this game right here, you know, if you're not physical on both sides of the ball, you know, you're, you're going to have a tough time. Have you talked to any of your players at all about writing APU on their gear? Somebody asked that the other day. I don't even know what that is. You know, I don't, I don't know what that is. You know, I haven't seen any evidence of – you know, somebody asked uh, – the only thing I saw, and I, I was asked this question after the game the other day, uh, and the only reason I say it because we went down to say the team prayer at the end, I saw somebody with uh, with, with Andre Andre Maloney, rest in peace. You know, I was, I saw an AM RIP. You know, that's all I saw. So I'm not really familiar. I'd have to know what it is, who's doing it, you know, for me to even make a comment because right now I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too knowledgeable in the, in the worldly things right now. I'm just trying to see if we can't do better against TCU.
0: Yeah, I really
1: I have to call ignorance on that one because I really I really don't know.
0: I know Samson didn't play last week. He's not down here either. What's his status?
1: Yeah, he's he doesn't look like he, he looks like he's a ways you know a ways from playing. Um, you know, he's maybe just you know he, every time we get going, he gets re, he reaggravates himself. He's really not that different than Taylor, to be perfectly honest with you, and 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 might not be treated any different than Taylor, to be perfectly honest with you there too. In other words, he's another guy who's a potential medical redshirt if things keep going the way they're going. Coach Justin, McKay off as one of has important starters going into the season. But can you talk about what you've seen from him into this point? You well, know, I was asked Bob and I, you know, do this radio show, and he asked me that. One of the guys asked that last night, and I said, you know, he played thirty snaps in the game. Some people act like you know, like he didn't play very much. It's just that he didn't go, have action going his way in in the game. And when we go into a game plan you don't you don 't take everyone and figure out well, how am I going to get the ball to this person, this person, this person, and this person You know in our case, we always start with what are we going to do with James what are we going to do with tony that 's where we start you know because you know you can 't really inv- you really can 't figure out well, what am I going to do about Justin mcKay, how am I going to get him the ball? what am I going to do about Jama you know what am I going to do you know you can 't do it with everyone you've got to figure who you are. And, you, and everyone else kind of plays off of that. And then when a quarterback's throwing a ball, there's only two ways a quarterback determines who he throws the ball to. Well, three ways. You know, one to be funny, but I'll do that one last. One is, one is by progression. You know, you go through a progression. A, B, C, D, E. That's one, that's one way. Progression. Another one's by coverage. They do this, you do that. They do that, you do this. And the last one. The, the, the funny one, which is more sarcasm than anything, throw it to the guy who gets open. You know, and believe it or not, sometimes that, some quarterbacks that I've worked with in the past, that's their, they, they move number three to number one, even though it's supposed to be number three, because they have guys that they can count on that are going to get open, so they're just looking for them all the time. That's why you have certain quarterbacks that, you know, develop a certain relationship with a receiver because they just look for them all the time. And I don't think we have that person here at, at this point. Just to clarify one thing, you said Samson can still qualify for a, a mm-hmm. medical redshirt after playing in three games? Yeah. If, if, if if you, can, you can play in the first three games. If, if, you're, if you have an injury that's chronic that doesn't allow you to go, You know, you can you can get a medical redshirt. Yes, I think it it might even be into the fourth game. You know, but for sure the first three games. You know, I don't know if it's three or four, but three for sure. You know, it might be the first four games, but I know it's at least the first three. And he was in. That's so he would qualify if he couldn't go, which uh, which is a possibility.